literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to Austin Found. Good to have you. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. We're with the Austin American Statesman. And uh, today we're going to talk to you about a an Austin resident with such a cool story. By the end of this, you're going to think about just how much of a footprint this man had on Austin and buildings and culture and businesses and what, why you use the term indelible Austin, right? Right. right. This is the, one of those characters. And his name was Ramon Galindo. That's correct. He was a tailor, a veteran of, of World War II. And a, not just any tailor. If you've been here a while, you yeah. go to Ace Tailors. Ace Tailors. He owned that. <sighs> and he owned all the buildings that Ace Tailors was in, which includes sizable chunks of downtown Mm -hmm. south austin east austin and then there's a i I doubt you get there much but there's an ace taylor on the hillside by barton creek mall really which i always thought was brilliant putting a taylor right next to the mall (laughs) right probably his idea (laughs) probably his idea well he was 90 when i interviewed him in 2011 in his house in travis heights a really cool house on a little street Called, I guess we can say now, Sunny Lane. And we say, can you say we can say now because he he passed. He passed away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I and, think I in twenty twenty. I was protecting his privacy back then. Nice. He did a card trick for me, right, <laughs> right at the table, and I was just mesmerized. So um, he always had a thing with magic, but not until he was what you would consider a senior citizen, like magic was his thing. He was always interested in it. His father bought a magic trick back in, in 1928. And, yeah, 1928. <laughs> and it was like a, a uh, made a thing, like a mouse, looked like a mouse went up his father's arm and his mother was freaked out, thought it was voodoo, <laughs> she said. And he was so tickled to see his mother in that condition, he decided someday he would... He would be a magician, too. And he apprenticed with a guy who was a former tightrope walker, a fortune teller, and founder of the Texas Association of Magicians. That's who you want to be with. Which still exists. I had Does to it? look it up. Wow. It's uh, taom.org. Wow. <laughs> and the, they did a trade-off. Knowing that, that Ramon was a, a, a tailor, he created special pockets in the in the magician the older magician's coat to hide things in oh. and in exchange for getting told the the uh, tricks of the trade another interesting thing about him and again by the time we're at the end of this you're going to be sort of mind blown about his impact on Austin but he didn't grow up a US citizen no. but some of his family did it was a- he he was born during the Mexican Revolution which is 1910 to 1920 in Mexico, and some of his family escaped to the United States. This was a time when our ancestral Mexican-American families were arriving, the first big wave of Mexican-American families, and included agricultural workers, but it also included the middle class, uh, uh, people with professional skills and, and, and tradespeople. 
And his family arrived here before him, and some of his brothers and sisters were born U.S. citizens. He was not. Not only is he had a big impact on that Austin, his whole family. His dad worked for a very historic hotel, and I, I get a lot of flack from my friends by talking about what things used to be. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go back to what it used to be and used to be and used to be. His father worked at the Goodall Wooten Estate, which mm-hmm. later became the mansion on Judges Hill and is now Hotel Ella. Hotel Ella. Beautiful place. It's a beautiful classic building on MLK in West Campus. It's served many functions over the years. But Ramon's father worked for him. And, and this is a tiny little speck of Austin history, but it's crucial. Mr. Goodall Wooten got him a house on 24th Street in the former Freedom Colony of Wheatville. This is like the epicenter of West Campus right. where our students live now, correct? And he got this house because the African-American family who lived there couldn't get hooked up to utilities because of the plan during the 1920s, 30s, 40s to concentrate African-Americans in, in the east side in what was called the Negro District. And, and we, we've touched on this and oh, talked yeah. on it at length in other episodes where, and it's an ugly part of Austin history, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but you said when we started this, you're going to get the good, the bad, the ugly. That's right. And it was never a law, it was never an ordinance, but the informal agreement among city leaders who were all white was that they would use carrot and sticks to get African-Americans to move to East Austin. And, and, and so on this property, it was like, Oh, you want utilities? Mm-hmm. Sorry, can't do it here. We'll, we'll do it for you in East Austin. Right. Now, I've been hearing this all my years of, of listening to, to old-timers in Austin history. This is the first time I heard an actual case of it mm. described. It wasn't just notional. It, was, it happened to this family. And, ironically, uh, uh, Ramon's family got to live there mm-hmm. because the African-Americans were not hooked up to utilities. It really is incredible. His father was a bit of an entrepreneur. Right. And this is another mark on Austin. And he opened up the El Phoenix Tortilla Factory on the 6th. In 1940. <laughs> and, and they did it the old-fashioned way, you know, grinding the corn with a matate and flipping them on a kamal, a griddle. And when I arrived in town, those were the best. Those were the best chips in town. And... Sorry to see all that go through the years we've had. You know, this is a city that's had a lot of different tortilla products. And hey, the, mo- the modern hero, Siete. Oh, you- really? Yeah. I'll check into that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because they're gluten-free. Ah. They're incredible. And oh. it's, a, it's an Austin family. That's another subject. We'll do it. We'll cover it down the road. Another time. <laughs> cover it down the road. But then World War II. Right. Hit, of course. And, and Ramon wanted to sign up, but it's. There's challenges when you're not a U.S. citizen. That's correct. His brother was able to. He was not. But he was able to get in through a version of the National Guard, end up in the Northeast, in the Boston area, and serving in in what would become the Air Force. And then, you know, his sergeant came and said, hey, Galindo, you need to go into Boston and pick up your citizenship paper. They're ready. And he goes there, and they, they say, you know, you could change your name. And he said, why? What? What? And they said, well, just something like Smith or Johnson. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> and he said, can I leave it like it is? He said, yes. But he didn't get out of the experience scot-free because they changed his name to Ramon to Richard. Oh, my gosh. And his fellow soldiers called him Tricky Dick because he was already doing magic at the time. So That's so classic. Well, I'll add one thing while we're talking about his service because – he passed away in, in uh, 2020, summer right. of 2020. Nancy Flores, statesman writer, wrote about him. And the thing that came up later was he was basically, after the war, mm-hmm. doing some cleanup. He, they were at Hitler's headquarters. <laughs> it's just like, so he did. He did a lot of things. I mean, he was one of the founders of the Mexican-American Chamber of Commerce. There, there are so many things in his life that we could talk about. He, he connected with the president of Mexico. That's right. To encourage Mexicans to have tourism in Austin. Yeah, he was uh, meeting with Mexican President Miguel Aleman Valdez, and of course he performed a dollar trick, and and that charmed the president. And they sat down at a big table, and he told them he was there to try to encourage tourism in Austin. And interestingly, yet another layer, the president said, yes, Austin is a good place. We send our professors to Austin to study the history of Mexico. And you know what that's connected to? The Benson Latin American Library at UT for a long time may still be the best collection of Latin American history and literature in the Americas. Hmm. And so... Scholars from Mexico would come to Austin to study Mexico. There are a lot of things like that on the UT campus because they had money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and vision. And vision, right, I have right. to say. You know, and while we're talking about uh, the, the, the footprint on, on Austin, he owned a couple buildings that, and this is weird that this happened today. Lucky Lounge was, was opened by a friend of mine. Uh, Red Fez on Fifth Street. Mm-hmm, the next, mm-hmm. They were adjacent to each I other. I love those places. Yeah. Uh, opened by another friend of mine. Oh, wow. I was driving down Fifth Street today, and they were literally being demolished oh. today. Wow. And that is, what is today's date? Just for reference, it is January 24th, 2022. Wow. I was watching them come yeah. to the ground. That actually is a classic Austin story. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, as we said, you know, he passed away in the in the in the summer of 2020 at the age of 99. Wow! Yeah, and still in that home in Travis Heights, right? Uh, still probably doing magic tricks. And, oh wait, I'm glad. <laughs> and he paid what for that house? About nine thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's probably worth three million. At least three million at this point. With a view of downtown. With a beautiful view of downtown. Oh my gosh! Wow. If you want to read. More about this uh, incredible man. This is great. It's in Volume Three of Indelible Austin. Also, you can Google it. The the uh, when he passed, Nancy mm-hmm. Flores wrote a right. nice article. He's now the editor of La Vida Magazine. It's a, a wonderful uh, digital magazine on culture here in Austin. That that uh, she's no longer with the statesman. She was a star reporter with us, but she's now editing this magazine. And if you want some gift ideas for your friends and family and new people in Austin, I don't know if you know this, but people are moving here pretty rapidly. <laughs> and if my estimate is that they want to learn about this city as much I as hope they so. can. And I this, hope so. And uh, a good way to do it is to uh, get them all three volumes uh, currently. Volume four in the works, very, very close, of Indelible Austin, written by... Michael Barnes, myself. <laughs> hey, wow. Uh, I was just... 
proofing uh, volume four this week. That's what you do after it's already been to the printers, but they're still working on getting everything right. There were a lot of things to correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. There were a lot of things. It takes a lot of eyeballs to catch all oh, it those does, things, doesn't it? Right as we speak. My husband is proofing it too, and he's a much more severe editor. He catches all those. Uh, he, he he was for many years. He just retired a book editor, so mm. he has an eye for that. But yeah, that should be coming out in the spring, Volume Four of Indelible Lost, and you can get them at Book People or any place where they sell books and gifts in town. Yeah. It seems like everyone I meet now also owns an Airbnb somewhere in Austin, so this would be perfect on the oh, coffee table. Oh, not. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to Austin Found. Happy trails.